from the smallest room in New York City. Comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Well, at murder in in uh, up on the island, Newcastle, New York. That's right, a Long Island. Uh, they charge a teen with murder in the bludgeoning death of a man who witnessed MS-13 members assault someone. His name, 36-year-old Wilmer Maldonado Rodriguez, uh, the homeless man. He was found dead February 2nd in Newcastle. October 2018, Wilmer Maldonado intervened when two boys were allegedly threatened by MS-13 members, and he was senselessly uh, attacked and struck with a bat in the head and suffered multiple stab wounds. I don't know if that's senseless. It seems to make sense to me. I mean, he was intervening when they were trying to beat a kid up or intimidate him or something and uh, threatening him. Uh, yeah, it's it's not. You can call it a lot of things. You can call it cruel, callous, illegal, wrong, immoral, but definitely not senseless. Joining me now, Larry Izzo, the ex-exterminator comedian, host of the Thrill of the Kill podcast. Hey, Larry. Hey Pat, how are you? What, Doug, do you disagree? It's, it's it's not exactly senseless. No, that's not. That's an imprecise word. It, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Well, being an exterminator, you know, that is an, an yeah. odd word. Right. Senseless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> and you say being an exterminator, you say that because there's a logic to it. There's a logic. There's you a have, reason for it. There's a reason for it. Yeah. This uh, courageous man was prepared to testify against his alleged assailants at an upcoming trial, but he was brutally beaten to death before he could. Notice he didn't call that senseless. How'd they find them where the homeless man lived? <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, his address was out there. <laughs> Uh, the homeless people are never too hard to find, I guess. So they stay out there, I guess. I mean, it's like, yeah, a little bit more uh, easy to spot a guy like that. Yeah, I guess they're all over, yeah. yeah. Um, I, try not, I try not to think that. But. I know you don't want to like really look around <laughs> sometimes. Then they should lower my taxes. Uh, now, oh, how about this? Two transit workers wound up in the hospital after inhaling fumes from subway trains vandalized by graffiti artists. That is when oh. you can tell you've hit a peak of subway graffiti painting, right? When you have people falling over from the fucking fumes. fumes. Hospitalized due to graffiti fumes, the workers, a station supervisor and a train operator on Friday discovered six cars covered in spray paint just outside the Jamaica Center Parsons Archer Station, where E-trains are stored overnight. Night, yeah. yeah. And of course, that the E-train is where many homeless people are stored overnight. Right, exactly. And and six six trains, they how many cans of paint could that possibly be? It's spray paint, obviously, so... Six, what did I say? Six cars? Six cars. That's a lot of graffiti. That's, yeah, I mean, especially to create that, the kind of fumes. I mean, you know, they had, they tagged the shit out of it. It's like, we get it. You're here. Yeah. This is your turf. The train operator uh, smelled a strong smell that he described as gas or a paint thinner, which caused him and the others to feel lightheaded and dizzy. That's just a day off for those guys. <laughs> Another payday. <laughs> hey, if you guys want to take a uh, day off, come into this car. <laughs> And take a few deep breaths. The supervisor reported the odor smells like strong fumes from spray painting. Well, both workers were taken to hospitals and were eventually released. Now, the vandalized trains included a, nearly a dozen subway cars photographed Friday morning uh, in the Jamaica Yard. That's just east of that uh, station. Uh, the angry president of the TWU local. That's the Transit Workers Union. You don't what, want to what fuck is he with them. angry about? Tony Utano. Well, he said it's bad enough that they trespassed and defaced trains, but they also endangered the health of transit workers. Well, okay, that was weak. Work down in the subway. That's endangering the health right there. Well, they don't like to say that. No. <laughs> Take All a workers, job with us. We, we do our best to keep them safe. Uh, subway, uh, subway exec Sally Labrera, she told the Post that uh, the MDA has zero tolerance for vandalism. That's uh, not true. And has added uh, officers at the location. I mean, it, it may be their policy to have zero tolerance, but, I mean, it does happen. And uh, the city's subways have been hit with an increasing number of graffiti attacks in recent years. With triple the number of incidents in 2018 compared with the first half of the decade. <coughs> so, transit officials nevertheless argue that major graffiti hits... And that's markings that result in trains being taken out of service were down last year. 
to 297 from 376, I guess they wow. probably just raised the bar on what it takes to take a train out of service. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the if there's more spray painting, I don't believe uh, that we're going to get to the point that it was apparently at in like the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the guy be spraying shit all over the place. You know? Excuse me. I'm here. I know. Did you ever wonder how they got to that? area to do that graffiti and some of these walls or uh, i see it on a lot of the you know on the parkways they have these uh sound walls uh-huh. and they graffiti these walls. how the hell do they get up I, I mean i never saw anybody or on a trestle you know a train trestle i never saw anybody up there late at night and i was a guy out and servicing you know you think you'd run across i think i run across some shit Three they, o'clock they come in the out. morning. Oh, man. They're like the roaches, aren't they? Yeah, they are. The lights come on. And I met the craziest away. people between four and six in the morning. That's when the shitheads come out. Yeah, there's nothing good going on at those hours. Nothing. That's, I remember a couple of times it'd be between four and six in the morning, and I almost died several times uh, eating a hot dog on a subway platform. Yeah. <laughs> and I almost choked to death. <laughs> Eating a hot dog. It's a, it's the most common. At four in the morning, those hot dogs are probably so cooked, they were probably white. There's probably no color <laughs> no, to no, them. No, 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 I don't go to those. It's not a dirty water <laughs> hot dog. I go to the papaya dog, ah, where you papaya. get that snap, It's because it's been on a grill, and uh, probably some kind of natural casing, too, which I don't like to think about. Natural casing means intestines or something, right? You know, that's a funny, funny thing with Muslims. I have a, a couple of Muslim people in the family, so I usually use chicken sausage when the, when I cook a sauce for them. You know? to, to appease the Muslims? Well, yeah, because, you know, good you know, for you. they can't have pork, so I'll throw in the good sausage. F- good for you, Larry. Oh, that's so nice. I know. But I'll take my... Keep it halal. <laughs> I'll fuck around a little bit. I'll throw some pork in it. <laughs> there you go. They don't know. Pig no, boogers. Now I forgot where I was going. With. Oh, no, you're talking oh, about... The, but chicken. the casing, so I said to my nephew one time, I said, these are chicken sausages. He goes, yeah, but they're pork casings. So I didn't realize that. Hilarious. Yeah. So they, they don't really care. They just can't intentionally eat it. I know. If, if they you don't trick them know, into it, Allah's not going to mind. I give the kid bacon all the time. Allah's not going to No shit. I throw bacon bits in his food. He doesn't know. What do you mean? You got a, you got a Muslim kid? What are you talking no, about? No, I have a Muslim nephew. You have a Muslim nephew? Yeah. His father was uh, a Muslim, and his mother converted to Muslim. And is his dad dead now? Uh, no. His dad is uh, still alive. But you said was a Muslim. Well, he is a Muslim. Muslim. Okay. okay. Is he still in the picture? Yeah, yeah, he's still there. We got a very diversified family. I had a, you apparently do. You know, Italians and Muslims. And, uh, you know, what else is there? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more diversity well, than in my family. So we got zero diversity in my family. It's it's white people a long way back. Well, it's that, actually my family. It's my girlfriend's family. Oh, so okay. Now, yeah. now, There's no blood there. Now he changes it. <laughs> Uh, a guy was killed in Harlem, a 40-year-old guy, shot by uh, some guys that he was arguing with. Here's the story. Uh, at approximately approximately 6.30, officers discovered a 40-year-old man lying unconscious and unresponsive with a gunshot wound to his chest in front of 228 East 116th. Normally, I like to put all those numbers together. <laughs> so approximately 6.30 at 228 East, 116th, a 40-year-old man lying unconscious and unresponsive with a gunshot wound was found. EMS workers uh, rushed the victim to Harlem Hospital. He was pronounced dead. Police are searching for a group of four teens. They're four teens, you see. Teens. Teens is always such a non-threatening word, and they use it all the time. I, I assume that, uh, sure, maybe they're teens. They're also... You know, one of them's a gunman, I suppose, or they're uh, killers. Teens. Teens are dangerous. Searching for, oh, they're more dangerous than ever. Teens is going to become, by the time people figure out that teens are dangerous, they're going to be like, you can't call them teens anymore. Mm. It's like thugs. Thugs. <clears throat> not supposed to say but thugs. They're, they're faggot thugs, though, because they're, they're beating up, <laughs> I'm sorry, they're beating up 90-year-old people, 80-year-old people, they're cold-cocking them in the head. It's it's horrible. It's, it's, and they'll they walk up. You know, they'll, they'll, yeah. An NYPD spokesman said the victim was involved in an argument with the teens when one pulled out a gun and shot the him in the chest. I like that. I, I, I went ahead and read the fucking typo. <laughs> shot the him in the chest. According to the officials, the fight started in his apartment building and spilled outside the uh, Capilla 
evangelical church. I always have a problem with something when they say it spilled out. I mean, like they got, maybe there, there was a fight and these guys followed him. You know what I mean? Did, did it spill? Yeah, it went outside. They yeah. took it outside. Yeah, they took it outside. Uh, it was a bunch of kids fighting. They came running out, chasing somebody. What did I just say? What did I just say? You just said that. Yeah, spilled out. That is such a, that's a gloss over of what actually happened. In my opinion. A witness told the Daily News there was a shot down the block. Well, police, they, they chased this fucking guy out and shot him. That didn't spill out. I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to harp on that too much. But, uh, police have not released the victim's identity. So far, no arrests, but the investigation is ongoing. By the way, they arrested somebody in that murder. Or, what am I saying? I'm so off today, Larry. I don't know what's the matter with me. It wasn't a murder, but a slashing up in... Uh, Harlem, near the IHOP, a French tourist talked about it on just the last show. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna, I'm pulling up that information. Was now. it a female or? A it was a male, male. A, a male Frenchman. French tourist is not going to get me to that. I don't know why I put that in. Just French tourist. Send. Tell me Google about a French tourist. <laughs> <laughs> French tourist Harlem slashing should do it though. Let's see. Yes, it sure did. Let's take it to the New York Daily News, then. Ooh, it's an ex-convict busted in a French tourist stabbing in Harlem. It's this guy here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Call Central Casting. Uh, have a, a thug from the 70s. With Jimi Hendrix hair. Except it's parted in the middle like no. a butt cut. <laughs> He's got a butt cut afro. An ex-convict is accused of slashing a French tourist in the neck. In the fucking neck. In a vicious, unprovoked Valentine's Day assault in Harlem, it's 28-year-old Khalif Young arrested Monday after two officers on patrol recognized him as he was walking down Harlem Street, charged with two counts of assault. Probably they saw my video at crimereport.nyc of this incident. That's it. And they said, oh, shit. You know, this guy looks like a guy who might have done that. We've seen him on Crime Report. We, uh, we uh, definitely covered that uh, pretty extensively. Well, we laughed about it. Uh, the victim, 27-year-old, uh, his name was... Uh, Gabriel Bascal. Gabriel Bascal. He needed a fucking tracheotomy after the random attack. So now his, his girl was there. You know, his girl with him and stuff. Wow. He's probably at the hospital. Like, oh, Gabriel. Oh, Gabriel, are you okay? I'm, I'm here. <laughs> me, me. Me, I am fine. I am fine. <laughs> I have no regrets. <laughs> and I've stopped smoking. Viva America. <laughs> How's that trait going? <laughs> it's it's way bueno. Okay, I gotta learn some French. <laughs> I heard the news. I hope they got the right guy. That's what he told the Daily News. I heard the news. I hope they have the right guy. That's how French people talk, right? Yeah, I don't know. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Shoot a rubber boo. <laughs> Bascow and his girlfriend were leaving an IHOP on West 133rd Street and 7th Avenue about 11 a.m. when his attacker appeared out of nowhere. I know they were supposedly paid. He was pacing with them for a minute, which we pointed out as a weird thing. Now, I'll point out also being attacked outside of an IHOP is no fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> These things can happen. I did not see him coming. He gave me a very violent blow on the face. That's a. It's a very French way of saying that. At first, I thought it was just a fist. Then I felt my warm blood, and I was grateful. He stained my brain. The brain. What am I doing? I, I can't do voices. <laughs> you know who does great voices? That fucking guy, Richie. What's his fucking Rich one? Scotty, yes. Oh, my God. That's that last good Morgan Thrill Freeman. Yeah. He's a Morgan Freeman. At the, on the first 20 seconds of the new Thr Thrill of the Kill podcast is unbeatable. I've never heard a better one, and it's just very convincing. It's nice. It's nice to be out of Shawshank. I was in there most of my adult life. And, and you're on the Thrill of the Kill podcast. I've heard it before. Um, I was told to listen to it, and I didn't know what a podcast was. I, I just knew about pea pods. Uh, I would steal them <laughs> in the kitchen at Shawshank, but I'm learning a lot about a lot of things. I was in there most of my adult life. Then you go in for the kill. And now I, I enjoy listening to the thrill of the kill, uh, pea pods. It's uh, the one that's called Get Busy, Get Busy Killing or Get Busy Dying. Dying, right. <laughs> uh, police uh, released, uh, released uh, surveillance videos after the attack. 
And then they put out Young's name and mugshot Monday morning. Young, uh, he was about seven blocks north where the attacks took place. Don't shit where you eat or where you live. A Young was sentenced to two years behind bars for an attempted weapon possession conviction. Attempted weapon, weapon possession. You attempted. He tried to possess, uh, he grabbed for a cop's gun. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, in 2015. Now, last October 20th, he was busted on misdemeanor assault and other charges. Accused of ringing someone's doorbell in Manhattan. What? And then punching and kicking the woman. Oh, he rang the doorbell. She opened the door and he punched and kicked her. That's, see, see, that's that nice. We used to do shit like that. Not you, punch anybody. No, what we used to do is like people that annoyed us in the neighborhood. We got a bag filled with dog shit. You really did this? I, honest to God. And we set. Did you invent this? No, I didn't invent it. It was a neighborhood thing. I just heard about it and I did it one time to a, a friend of ours father who was a real nasty bastard used to get he's the guy that came out of his house with his underwear up you know up a, up a, and up above his undershirt you oh, know that guy and, and through his shorts you know mm. he's wearing bermudas and then he brings that underwear right up there you see? what a strange fellow he came out one night and he was just nasty he called the cops on us a couple of times because we were in the park in the schoolyard so the cops used to bust us so anyway really you guys we, are just out there trying to well there were lions on the stoop too Okay, they were those stone lions. Oh, yeah. That so was if we, a nice place, then. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, it was like two family houses, and in the middle, they were attached houses. In the middle, they had this stone thing, mm. and a lion was in. We used to turn the lions around. So they were facing the home. That used to piss them off. Oh, I bet. But the uh -huh, biggest uh -huh. thing was uh -huh, the uh -huh. dog shit. Yeah, so that's what you did. Put it in a bag, light it on fire, ring the bell. Guaranteed they come out stamping that shit out. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's strange. There's no other thing to do. Try this at home, kids. No. <laughs> it's it's an outdated prank somehow. I don't it know is. How. It is an outdated prank. It's, but it would still work. You know, I mean, there's no, I think nobody comes full circle. Nobody's going to figure it out. Nobody's yeah. going to be like, fucking, oh, look, a fire that I don't need to stomp on because I'll get shit all over my shoes. No, they're going to still come out and stomp on it. You me. have no choice but to stomp it. It's your, it's your, it's a natural biological yeah. fucking reaction. You have, you have no choice. Uh, and, and you will be covered with shit to the great amusement of whoever did that. Right. Now, I guess if somebody did it to you, if, if it happened more than once, you might, by the second, third time, you'd be like, I'm not going to stomp it. I'll get a pitcher of water and pour it on there or something. But even that's not going to be fun. You can only get away with it once. I mean, I yeah, after one person. Yeah, after you have one, to try something person, else. Like, once per know? person. If it's every day, you're not going to continue following for that every right. single day. Now you have like 40 pizzas delivered to his house. You do shit like that to annoy him. You know? Yeah, that's kind of expensive, though, isn't it? Well, who pays to order for him 40 pizzas. Well, and I guess when you call, you order him some pizzas, you pay for it, and then they, you have him sent over. No, it's a good prank. for it, you have it sent over. Oh wow! You don't pay before you get it. So See, you don't I played order. that prank on the I, and I and ordered. You paid it, for it. I paid for it. <laughs> oh wow! That was dumb. <laughs> that's that's some too woke to fuck humor right there. I oh apologize. yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, Young initially refused to come out of his building. Uh, by the way, because you see, uh, as I said, they punched and kicked the woman. He was released on his own recognizance the next day. The very next day. That was last October twentieth. His next to court appearance in that case is coming up March 2nd. Hmm. Now, Young initially refused to come out of his building. Uh, oh, excuse me. Young initially refused to come out of his holding cell to face a judge at his arraignment in Manhattan's criminal court early Tuesday. Can you refuse to come out of your holding cell? Well, you can initially. Uh, judge Robert uh, Rosenthal ordered him held without bail when he finally appeared. That's interesting. So that was his, like, kind of like, is that the kind of guy you are, huh? Yeah. I mean, they'll drag you out eventually. If they have to take you by the arms and, and you know, sedate you, uh, the wood shampoo, I mean, they, they'll, they have to. I mean, it's I, like, I don't even know why they get involved. Court. They got dart guns for, uh, like, why would they have to even go in the cell? You got dart guns to tranquilize animals. Mm. Shoot them with a dart. You know, I suppose they're still making some distinction between prisoners and animals. Uh, there is none. I know. Sometimes. I know, I know. But I mean, I imagine that's what it is. It's probably, I mean, maybe it's PETA. I don't know. But they don't want you uh, tranquilizing them with darts. <laughs> Although it would be a much more humane way, exactly. I'm sure. You know? yeah. It's strange how, how uh, life is sometimes. Because like what, what we'll do with animals, like, you know, the way we treat our dogs is so much nicer than the way we treat our, our, kids. our kids or friends, family, uh, neighbors. You know, there's tons of people in this city 
and I'm sure elsewhere, who, like, if they had the choice of, like, now your dog can die, or everybody else on this floor can die, <laughs> you have to choose now. <laughs> Nobody would take choose their dog to die, probably. Of course not. No matter how long you've known those fucking neighbors. Exactly. Like, oh, Miss, Miss, the neighbors are nothing to you. What yeah, are they? Miss Rose The people that come over and borrow uh, milk and have shit. Have you ever had any neighbor borrow yes, anything? I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that. We lived in a six-family. I lived in six-family houses all my life. Well, growing up, you know, that's growing. different. And, well, the people used to knock on the door. They used to, you know, want eggs and shit, you know. Really? And my mother used to give it to them, you know. But they never re reciprocated. They never brought the eggs back, you know. Hmm. And did you ever go over and ask for stuff? No. Nah. No, we never, we weren't like that. Do I don't go bums? anywhere and ask anybody for anything. I try to avoid that myself. Yeah. But I, I got uh, neighbors. I don't, I don't even want to know you. I'll invite what, you over. See, I think that's more the prevailing attitude now. Yeah. Is that like, I used to think that, uh, I remember the first couple of apartments I had, I probably introduced myself to, <laughs> to everybody. Hi, I'm new in the building. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right, letting I'm you know we're here and they're like, <laughs> all right. You're the new neighbor. We're the so-and-sos and Tell here's a chocolate cake. <laughs> yeah can you imagine that's just They've done not that it. yeah i mean we've done that as as neighborhood i'll never forget the, the first time i moved to westbury nobody it was 17 inches of snow the day we moved in nobody helped you plow i had to go out and buy a whatever whatever i did mm -hmm. and then uh they invited us to a party the, the neighborhood people had a party a snow party so i said all right let's, let's yeah. go you know meet, invited meet yeah. the neighbors they were all doctors, and all they did was write prescriptions to each other and go out and get drugs. Really? And they were making a and mockery like, out of me and my wife because we were smokers. <laughs> and it was like, I don't know how you can stand kissing a woman that smokes. I, said, mm. I don't know how you can stand kissing that ugly bitch of a wife of yours. I mean, really, <laughs> think about it. That gold-digging hussy that you're with. Rather fuck a rock if I thought a snake was under it. <laughs> She fell. She fell out of the ugly tree. Yeah, Poosh, bounced, the went back up, <laughs> fell again. <laughs> fell again. Do you know what an ugly whore? Anyway, nice to meet you guys. And <laughs> can I have a prescription for yeah fentanyl? Fentanyl. So what are they doing? Sending people. They were really were they buying them that night? They bought them that night. They went to a, a drugstore and they had to have. Of course, they couldn't write their own prescriptions, so they had to write them for so each they other. They had to write them for each other. That fucking is sick. Surprising. And here I am. I don't do. I wasn't doing. This was drugs. all recreational pills. This was all recreational. Yeah. What sort of pills were they? Were I, was I it don't know. Quaaludes. I'm, I'm, Valium. I'm an idiot when it comes to that. Probably Valium and uppers. Yeah, all depends Doggy on the downers, year, right? puppy uppers, whatever you. <laughs> yeah, horse tranquilizers. <laughs> ketamine. <laughs> I need a dissociative every once in a while, but uh, so so Judge Robert Rosenthal ordered him held without bail when he finally appeared. And so that is an unusual move these days. I suppose uh, slashing somebody with a knife is still something that can get you, you know, uh, sort of uh, put away without bail. For, yeah, incarcerated. Uh, good to know because uh, similar case here with the slashing of the, of the face of a stranger, uh, a subway rider was slashed in her forehead and hand in what police say was an unprovoked attack on Wednesday. And she says she cried out for help during the frightening attack, but no one came to her aid. I'm not surprised. That is, uh, that goes back to Kitty Genovese, you know? That's a, tra a tradition in New York. Yeah. You're on your own. I mean, if I'm up on the fifth floor anyways, I can hear I'm you yelling all the way down those stairs, and it's going to be like, oh, we were just playing around. Mind your business. <laughs> we don't need no Chamber of Commerce clearance to play here. Now move it. 23-year-old Rabia Bugum. Rabia Bugum, who hails from Bangladesh. Riding Sounds like an exterminator. Rabia Bugum from Bangladesh, riding the northbound train. It was a sixth train in the Mott Haven section of the Bronx around 9.45 p.m. when the suspect brandished a weapon and attacked her, according to police. Police say the suspect, who was only described as a six-foot-tall man, had been looking at the victim and followed her. When she changed positions on the train, that's what you don't want. If you go to, if you switch cars, you knew the guy was fucking. You know, this is the problem, right? But she said she'd never seen the man before. But one witness tells NBC New York that the suspect almost fought another passenger before he turned on Bugum. Hmm. He almost started a tussle with another man, and then uh, that didn't really play out. The next thing you know, he was just on top of this girl, kicking and stomping her. Wow. Then he started stabbing her once in the head. And once she put her hand up, he cut her across the hand. 
Getting stabbed defensive, in the head. Defensive wound. That's got to hurt. Yeah, sure does. I mean, it's it's a hard substance. Like, Your head? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some head's harder than others, you know. <laughs> if they catch in the back of the skull, too, there's plenty of, you know, that's that's a good, you it's know. It's a meat, meat spot. Yeah, but the, there's meat, but there's it's nice hard skull there, and it's like a broad kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I always figure, like, getting stabbed in the head, I'm afraid my eye's face is going to get fucked up. You know, well, a good friend of yours got stabbed, Joe Lozito. Oh, right? boy, did he ever, yeah. It was this month, actually, uh, now nine years ago. Yeah. Uh, on the two train, or the, the, I believe it was the, the two train or the three train, I never can remember, between 34th and 42nd Street. Thank That's, God, I take the one train. <laughs> Doesn't happen yes, on that train. Always take the local. Take the local. Few killers. There's, <laughs> there's just fewer spree killers on the local. So uh, what, what, what happened? Well, you know, Maxime Gelman was, uh, he'd already killed four people that day. Oh, wow. And he was on a spree. He was uh, all, you know, you know, I think he had been doing some drugs high in his own supply. This is a guy, low-level drug dealer and graffiti artist, vandal from uh, Ukraine, immigrant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things had never gone too well for him. For instance, like, uh, he'd had sex, I think, one time ever. The first girl that he uh, had sex with, he, he ended up with some sort of, like, venereal disease that caused him to have lumps on his genitals. <laughs> <laughs> lumps. And then, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, sort of an outcast guy. But, I mean, nothing really wrong with him. He's just, like, a fucking boring criminal also. I mean, like, he, he was paranoid, this guy. He felt he had to get out of town. Hmm. Because he thought the feds were onto him. He thought he was like this big time drug dealer. So he, he needs, he wants the keys so he can drive to the airport and get the fuck out of the country, right? Okay. He's got his ticket and everything. You know, his stepdad or mom's boyfriend, depending on which story you're reading, he won't, <laughs> he won't uh, give him the keys. So he gets a knife out of the kitchen. He comes in, he stabbed him 50 times, 50 some odd times. He, he, he broke the fucking knife in him and switched over to a, a meat fork. And started stabbing him with that. He killed this guy. He extra killed him. He he uh, he, he killed the shit out of him. In you know the mom, whatever. He loves wow. his mom. He didn't hurt her. It's always the stepdad that gets it. You know, he always gets it. The stepdads, stepdads yeah. Uh, you got you got to be careful who. Uh, that, that's why you should never get one woman with kids unless she's married. Unless they're like three, and you have a you know. Because I like dating. I. I, I Dating a single mom is okay, but dating a married one is so much less complicated mm. because, you know, she's attached to her life a little more, you know, she's still worried about what people might think at her home. Right. And uh, and you don't become a father figure because, you know, the father figure's in the home. It's really a win-win for everybody mm. if you want her to leave you alone. Uh, so this guy, anyway, whatever, he, yeah. the, the, the his mom calls the police and uh, he's like, mom, I can't believe it. He drives away. Uh, he runs over a guy, like, real quick. Uh, this guy was a, <laughs> the world's largest collector of Civil War tokens or something like that. It's like a, oh. the guy, the guy, it just happened to be this guy, whatever. So I, I, all the names are very unusual. I don't remember all of them. Um, and then he went over to hang out at his, uh, he went over to kill his ex-girlfriend. Yelena, she's not there, but the mother's there. He's like, where is she? She's at work. Oh, really? She wouldn't tell her where she worked. The mother is not going to give up the daughter because she sees what's going on. Right, right. So he finds a knife set there. He kills the mom. And he waits for her to come back. And he uh, killed her when she got back. Yelena. So that's that's the four, I believe, yep. He, and he carjacked a few other people, too, and stabbed them and shit like that. And he had a busy day. This is all inside of 28 hours. Yeah, it was very so, fast. So, and then he was on the train? Then he's like, yeah, because by now there's a manhunt, you know, and he's uh, just trying. He comes to Manhattan like a dum-dum to, to you know, blend in with the city or what. I don't know what he's thinking. But <laughs> he's not thinking very clearly, and he's in the subway system, and they pick up on him because he walks up to a woman who's reading about him. You know, his face is in the pay on the front page of the paper, and he walks up to the woman who's reading an article about him or reading the newspaper with his. Pa- he's like, "Can you believe what they're saying about me?" <laughs> <laughs> they did interviews with the guy. He's like, "I was in the paper," you know. You're kidding? Yeah, you know, like a real, real brain cell, this guy, but a dangerous guy. So she's freaked out. She tells the police. Now they know they have him in the vicinity and the cops swarm all over that area, which is Times Square and uh, the one train, two trains, they go right through there 
And so they're trying to, like, you know, figure it out. There was two cops on that train. And they were inside the motorman's coach. The train is moving slowly. Joe Lazito is on this car. And as the, Lucky him. As the train is rolling slowly, and they're trying to find... Joe's just on his way to work. Right, you know? right. He didn't even know about all this because uh, he didn't get a chance to stop by the Wawa that day there was no, <laughs> to get his New York Post. So he's in the dark. But he notices this guy behaving strangely who walks over to the conductor's booth there and he bangs on the door. And he says, open up, police. And they tell him, you're not the police, but they're police. And this guy who they're looking for is banging on the door. Telling him he's saying, police? open up, police. Yeah. <laughs> They've got the element of surprise. Their arms. Maybe he was saying, "Please, <laughs> please arrest me. Please, here I am. Please, there's a manhunt going on citywide. Every officer's looking for me. You know me. Please." No, he was saying, "Police," and they, you know, like I said, element of surprise and everything. They don't do nothing. They're like, "Well, you know, we were afraid he might uh, have a gun." <laughs> That's literally what they said. Are you kidding? We were me? afraid he might have a gun. And we didn't and what do him. you got? Peace shooters? I mean, yeah. What, what's the problem here? Do something. You got a badge. Well, they didn't do nothing. And uh, that's uh, Terrence Howell's one. I can't remember the other one's name. Uh, so he paces around a little bit, Maxim Gelman, and he goes, hey. Uh, he walks in. You know, Joe Zito's the biggest guy on the train. And he's watching him now, you know, like with interest. Like, what the fuck? And, and you know. Uh, obviously people on the train are interested and they, yeah. you know, everybody knows uh, a lot of people do know that this guy, you Go know, off the deep well, they may, maybe they know that he is even the killer at this point. There might've been people on the train who knew that, you know, because Re I mean, his reading the paper picture was everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And he, and he walks up to Joe and he goes, you're going to die. You're going to die. And he, uh, just comes down with a knife right across his cheek. First cut. And he's like, well, it's on now. And he just goes into it's beast. On. He goes into beast mode, you know, because it's like this is a fight. Has no idea this guy's a fucking spree killer. Tackles him. He's, he was trying to do like a leg sweep, but it was more like a football tackle. Mm. Put him on the ground, and you know the hand with the knife. Now that he is on top of him, he's got like free reign to his head because of the way they're positioned, you know. Mm. So he stabs him in the back of the head several times. Um. He got stabbed a total of seven times. Wow. And and some of the worst ones were across his thumb, you know, like uh, he nearly lost uh, a lot of use of his hand. Yeah, I think yeah. he did sort of like get less He's use feeling, of it for a yeah. while, yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he finally was able to grab the hand that he was slashing with and, you know, pound it down onto the floor and a knife came out. Then the cops come out of the conductor's booth. You got and it. And they go, we'll take it from here. <laughs> And wow. in the early reporting of that, there was a, an undercover guy that they reported being there who wasn't there, Marcel something or something like that, Marcello. And then uh, they were giving the guy the fucking key to the city and shit like that, these cops, you know, like praising them and everything like that. So it's uh, Joe's, uh, Joe's accounting of it was, you know, I mean, he's the one in the fucking hospital all cut up. Right. Right. He nearly died. They, they thought he was going to die. I mean, like, because the train is still barely fucking moving along, and he's bleeding out in the fucking train. So he's very happy to get medical attention. That's why they call him Subway Hero Joe Lazito. And, yeah. you know, very likely saved many lives on that train. Probably did. You know? I mean, can you imagine? Saved two cops' lives. Once. <laughs> God. I mean, he could have. I wonder if they would have come out if he was just slashing everybody in the car. If he just went ahead, went around and just slashed everybody but in the car. But two of car. them were in the conductor. How big is that thing? Well, they were in there with the conductor. Holy shit. <laughs> You'd think they'd want to come out. I would want to come like out. Like it's kind of snug in yeah. here. Is that your I think let's start this podcast all over. <laughs> I thought this Nobody was helped good. the young woman. You know, in this situation, as I had said, nobody, nobody, nobody helped. Nobody helped Bugum. So we're going back to Bugum right. from Bangladesh. Bugum from Bangladesh is on a train, the sixth train. And uh, this is in the Mott Haven section of the Bronx around 945. Brandished a weapon and attacked her, according to the report. Uh, she had already moved once. He followed her to the other car. And uh, as I had said, he'd almost started to tussle once there, and he ends up stabbing her in the head. Now, the suspect fled the train at Brook Avenue after the attack at the Brook Avenue stop, and the victim was removed to Lincoln Hospital. She was in serious but in a stable condition. 
weapon was not recovered. Uh, following the release from the hospital, her release from the hospital, where she was treated after being slashed in her forehead and hand, she told the uh, news force she feels good after the attack. And it occurred she was returning home from her job at a Dunkin' Donuts in Harlem. Hard to find a Dunkin' Donuts in New York City. You ever notice that? Yeah. <laughs> There's only 100,000 of them. Uh, Bugham said she entered the train and got a seat uh, when she suddenly made eye contact with the suspect, a man she said she'd never seen before. His gaze made her so uncomfortable, Bugham's brother says, brother of Bugham, uh, she tried to move away. Her brother tells News 4 she was calling for help. No one came to her aid. An investigation's ongoing as police search for a motive. Uh, there's no motive and the suspect in the violent crime. Crime Stoppers published a tweet with video of the suspect possibly behind uh, the slashing when he appears to be wearing all black clothing and a high uh, light-colored hat. If we can see this video here, possibly him there. He is running. Uh, looks like he's wearing blue jeans, though, and a dark jacket and a yellow hat. Very jaunty. Slashing, stabbing, one of them. So if you guys want to follow Crime Stoppers, that's at NYPD Tips. If you want to call Crime Stoppers, you, you know, know the, the number. number. It is what? 1 800 577 tips. 1 800 577 7 T I H 4 P 7 as in Bad Dixon. Okay. So there was one story that we needed to cover, Larry, because I promised it last week. Okay. I went and promised it. And so, like, here we go. I'll find it real quick here. It's um. This is some fascinating shit. Apparently, what's happened is um. The women of uh, the mothers, you know, this is when you can tell that the message must be getting through. It says here that they're the real housewives of fighting crime. A band of Manhattan moms are trading luncheons and playdates for political lobbying and police meetings in the name of protecting their kids from rising crime, bail reform loopholes aggressive panhandlers, and what they see as a general return to lawlessness. Now, I don't disagree with their perspective. What I disagree with is their gender. Take your penis-free body and go in the kitchen and uh, pray to God or something. You know, do something nice. The 26-year-old mother movement, uh, the 20, excuse me now, that's not what it is at all. The 2600 mother movement, there's 2,600 mothers now, formed on the Upper West Side. <laughs> Uh, in the fall, when a string of high-profile muggings and a playground shooting put the family-oriented neighborhood on edge. One woman decided to do something about it. Uh, my background is in finance and nonprofit. I'm not like an activist or a crusader. I'm home with three kids, said Upper West Sider Elizabeth Carr. I started in the last year feeling like we were seeing homeless encampments pop up, regular panhandlers in our face, and walking through uh, clouds and clouds of marijuana smoke with my kids at 8 a.m. I look. I mean, kids were having a good day. <laughs> look, we're on this. We're all on the same page, though. I mean, like, yeah, they're uh, they're observing the same things we all are. I don't know why other. Uh, I mean, like the and and these are the most liberal people on earth. Upper West Siders, right, right? I mean, but they're family people, so there's a conflict now because people are saying, "No crime, we crime should happen." What's the matter with you? You're not hip enough to accept crime. <laughs> it's always one more thing. First rock and roll, now this. We're not good enough. <laughs> After the October gunplay at the uh, Samuel N. Benerson Two playground, well, Car put down a put out a call to action on various parent uh, Facebook groups, and NYC Moms for for Safer Streets was born. Now, armed with branded literature, a professionally produced website, and personal stories of coming face-to-face -face with unruly youth and mentally disabled, or excuse me, mentally disturbed New Yorkers. Not the disabled ones, they're, they're fine. <laughs> Your guy shits his pants. Doesn't create a clear and present danger. Uh, the mom secured uh, meetings with a slew of community leaders from state lawmakers and Governor Cuomo's office to NYPD brass. So they've got meetings with, uh, they've had meetings with some council members and whatnot. We came together as just a group of parents who have seen a considerable change in our neighborhood. And obviously the shooting was a major incident, but there has been deterioration for some time. And, and that's important to note. That's Nicole Palame and her East Side mom. She's got a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. Oh, and they want to show us pictures. Okay, no. They're not really pictures there. But they always want to show you pictures. What prompted me to join the group was my son and I were on the way to his bus stop last April at Park and 68th. We were approached by a clearly mentally ill person, and she began to try to attack me. She was wielding a bag and swinging it at me. Wielding a bag. 
I mean, you know, what was it? The it's, it's very though. It's it's very much like what we've been saying. Once they get attacked, it's a different story. Suddenly, they don't care about bail reform so much anymore. That's Those like poor the, prisoners. That's right. You know, it's it's it would happen. Now, a group member, Veronica Vargas Lupo, a nomad mom to two boys. Nomad, by the way, is north of uh, Madison Square Park, I guess. So that's that's where Nomad is. Let's say she said her tipping point came on November eleventh. This man's wedding anniversary and i have nothing to do with this inside the Dwayne reed at 28th street and park she witnessed a menacing man stealing you know what's worse than that though is when you see a stealing man menacing yeah oh you don't want that it's a horrible crime menacing yeah oh it's it's by definition it i hope there's feel, bail on the menaces i you know i hope they catch up with dennis <laughs> aka dennis the menace dennis the menace he is now a group member uh like i said she, my son's stroller was facing me and a man came in with a clear plastic bag very clearly not right of mind and he started filling up his bag and was staring straight at me almost daring me to do something it sounds like you were staring at him as well She's a technology consultant. I have never felt more scared and more so for my son <laughs> than watching a guy shoplift. Uh, well, okay. I'm glad this is inspiring her to action, but that's what people do now is they walk into drugstores and take things and nobody does anything because they can't. They're instructed not to do anything by their bosses because lawsuits and, you know, we don't want anybody coming up on a fucking, why are you talking to me because I'm black? You know, now it's a whole racial discrimination suit right, or some shit. Right. And they can't say, look, if you're black, you can chase people. If you're white, you can't. Right. <laughs> because it just, none of this looks good. So they're just right. like, they can't fuck with any of it. And they, plus, what if the employee gets hurt? You know, by the. So it's all just out the window now. There's, there's yeah. no, nobody cares about what they take. They can just take what they want and just leave them alone, let them go. They won't arrest them for less than $1,000 worth of shit. All right, that's grand larceny. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, I thousand dollars though. I lived in Bushwick for a while when I was a kid, and we had this guy, and he owned a drugstore. The nicest man ever, right? And we used to go in there and stuff like that. And he was like a candy store too, because he had candy, you know. So what happens? He always told my father. He says, "Anybody comes in this store, I give them what they want." And what happened? Somebody went in the store. He fought them, and they shot him right dead in the store. He didn't give them what they wanted. Didn't give them what they wanted. Wow. He shouldn't have put the word out. He should. I mean, who knows? But, you know, people that say they'll do something, it's a natural instinct. I often thought when I had my office in Queens, I had the girls working in the office, and I had a door that locked from the inside. So there was a cellar door there. And I always told them, anybody comes in here, first of all, I had alarms underneath the counters in several locations. And that alarm went off several times, and the cops took so long to get there. Unfortunately, the precinct that I was in wasn't, you know, the greatest and uh it took a long time for the cops to get there so i said you know what if you ever got a problem run into this doorway which is the basement and lock it from the inside nobody can get through it's a steel door okay safe room that's cool no but what i was trying to get at is like you know you being a, 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 a store owner and you say you know i would never take that or do that or you know and then something happens and it's a natural reaction you just react Interesting that, like, if, if you think that, yeah, yeah, if you think you can, you know, then you will. That'll be the moment, you know. Right. And if the and, it, and and as much as you think you might fight somebody for your shit, when it when you can clearly see you're not going to win it, you won't. Right, you won't. The decision's kind of made for you based on your assessment of your own of physical ability right. and yeah, the situation totally. So uh, this, uh, I, I I can't imagine this mom being so scared though. I mean, because like I said, that's that's the policy in the drugstores now. I've seen cops. Some guy had. Uh, 12 pack of beer he walks out with cop just made him take it back he goes you know what i mean it's like i never had that conception when i was i always thought you steal something you know fuck so, you see, that's where it's getting fucked up though now, now everybody you can steal and get away with it it's like where's the law here license to steal license and they will steal. go in and steal things like cosmetics and shit and resell them and and you know there's a whole now i that's my theory on why a lot of these uh Dwayne Reed's are closing down. You know, you notice a lot of drugs. Well, you might not have, but in Manhattan, a lot of drugstores closed down. Mm. Now they were fucking everywhere. I mean, was there too many of them? Sure, but it's convenient, and uh, there used to be the ability to keep them all open. But I guess now it's just like yeah. there's there's so much theft, and uh, and also you know Amazon and shit like that. Sure, there's a lot of people shopping online, and you can understand why because who wants to go out and be so scared for your son as a man fills up his bag. 
just don't look at these people. So how many how many people are in this group? Twenty six hundred moms and uh, NYC Moms for Safer Streets. They offered a way for her to channel that anger because she was real mad. And after she met with the NYPD's neighborhood coordination officers, uh, Dwayne Reed hired a full time security guard. That's what they did in order to that made her feel better. This guy, I don't want that particular gentleman coming in here to scare me again when I come in here to buy my tampons and my Plan B and uh, my sexual lubricants <laughs> and uh, my son likes a Pedialyte. He needs it sometimes. And Gatorade. And they got a good deal on cereal. So now let's talk about the security. Yeah. What do these guys do? What is their thing? Okay, listen, you can take it. Just don't hurt anybody on the way out. <laughs> well, no, they're a different deal. That's outside, uh, you know. Oh, okay. If you hire it, now that firm is responsible. Okay. Pinkerton. <laughs> Pinkerton. Is, people, yeah, yeah, exactly. Pinkerton's responsible. And really, just his presence is going to probably do it, right? Oh, I don't know. If he's standing there and looking like a security guard, yeah. a lot of these pieces of shit will just go, oh, there's a lot of stores. You know what I mean? Go to a different one. Right. Why, why would you fuck with one? It's just like if you know two stores that you can rob, right? They're one across the street from the other. You're going to rob one or the other. In one of them, you know, it's just a store. It's like regular. The other one, it's just like that place, but the guy has a gun behind the counter. Right, right. Which one would you go to? Obviously, the one without the gun, the right? The one without the gun. I don't know if this Unless is you're stupid. Yeah, which... <laughs> which... You're talking yeah. criminals here. There's stupid, and then there's stupid. Knowledge is power, and that is something that we are working really hard to inform our members. How you can make a difference, how you can get involved. Oh, it says Carr has been personally targeted for her activism, it says. That's interesting. Uh, Carr the, was targeted for what, <laughs> Elizabeth Carr. Oh, Carr has been personally targeted for her activism. It says a group of homeless people who lived for weeks on the sidewalk outside the old Ansonia Hotel, Broadway and West 73rd, taunted her by hanging a cardboard sign in front of their encampment that said Elizabeth Carr Homeless Center. <laughs> That's targeting her? Stop. That's a tribute. Oh, my God. That is, that is a huge compliment. Mm. I mean, it's an honor to have a homeless encampment named after you. The Elizabeth Carr Homeless Center. I got to say. The Elizabeth Carr Homeless Center. That sounds it's got a good ring to it. It does. It just that she, just the, the, their choice of words there, personally targeted. Uh, targeted is, is a great word for these fucking weasels to use because it it sounds like it means like oh man, i'm watching you yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna hurt you right you've been targeted I'm targeting now. yeah yeah i painted a target on you you got a target on your back it sounds like you're right, gonna like right. you're but it really just means you know someone in particular didn't like you right the end uh she has boundless energy by the way said timothy malin he's the commanding officer of the per west side's 20th precinct she has brought so much constructive attention to community issues. <laughs> it sounds a little like the cops thing. Yeah, so much constructive She's brought attention. a lot of attention. Boy, she's got energy. <laughs> she's a real... F- Why don't she use it in the kitchen? She's, make some fucking bread. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that chick is a real pistol. <laughs> real pistol. Harlem home manager Megan Helvey. She's a... I don't care about the age of the fucking kids. She joined Cars Group <laughs> after her older son was randomly attacked by a pair of teens at Marcus Garvey Park. Really? Marcus Garvey Park, huh? You decided to go to Marcus Garvey Junkie Park with your kids. They ended up punching him in the face five times and kicked him. Hey. Her involvement in the group allowed her to personally share her story with uh, State Senator Robert Jackson, who was very supportive. It really lit a spark for me. Uh, you know something? This is an underwhelming article. I mean, it's good. It's nice that they're raising awareness. It's women great. will not stop until whatever they want is somehow achieved. You know, women are very uh, determined. You know, and uh, often more determined than men in some ways. You know, because they just will burn any bridge. They don't give a they shit. They don't care. You know, they they like. I think that with men, there's always in the back of your mind, like if you're trying to get something out of a, a group of people or something, and especially in this case now, it's there is an opposite sex thing because the cops are mostly men, mm. and these are all mothers and women. Uh, you go, well, let's see. You know, if, if it was reversed, if it was a bunch of men trying to get something out of a bunch of females, you wouldn't go that hard at them, and you wouldn't go that determined, right. and you'd do it nicer because you're still thinking in the back of your mind, I might be able to fuck this lady. Exactly. <laughs> 
I might get a little. <laughs> These ladies, no, they don't want dick. No. So they're just like, fuck, yeah, we're here. And when you have to deal with a woman in a completely non-sexual, I mean, like, it is not there under any circumstances such as this. <laughs> the way she behaves becomes so intolerable, seemingly. I'm going to put it on the way they behave less on, than me putting them in a category right, right, of unfuckable. Right, right. That it just makes them uh, odious, loathsome creatures. <laughs> yeah. Now, I had a joke where I, where I would say that uh, every woman has a uh, dick-shaped hole. But it is, it is not true, and I must correct it. Uh, all women have three dick-shaped holes. That's a fact. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Larry Izzo. Hey, my pleasure, Pat. Always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Is it over? Why don't she use it in the kitchen and make some fucking bread? Why don't she why don't she use it in the kitchen and make some fucking bread? Round the Elizabeth the Elizabeth Carr. Homeless at the home Elizabeth Carr. Why don't she use it in the kitchen and make some fucking bread? Why don't she use it in the kitchen and make some fucking bread? Why don't she use it in the kitchen and make some fucking bread? Why don't she use make some fucking the kitchen and make some fucking 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 fucking? Why don't she use it in fucking? Why don't she use it in fucking? Why don't she use it in the kitchen and make some fucking bread? Use it in the kitchen and make some fucking bread. Good enough. <laughs> <laughs>